a mother is a son's first true love. A son, especially that first son, is a mother's last true love. Man, when, you, when something good happens to you, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. And you wake me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups, screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old. We wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street, put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. <laughs> you the real MVP. I remember her lessons about faith. She taught me to pray. She taught me about the weapon of prayer, how vital it is, how important it is. Whether you believe that or not, that don't really matter to me. It has worked for me every single time I've used it. So as I sit here on a set that's mine and a TV show and everything else I got, it's because Illos Vera Harvey taught me about the love of God and the respect of people. Was so I was going to try to be physical because I knew as quick as he was and everything, I wouldn't be able to control him or stay with him. So I was trying to be physical with him, like bumping him and grabbing and trying to slow him down a little bit. And so after the game, Mark called home and told on me. He basically, he called home and he told my mom that Brent was trying to hurt him during the game. <laughs> My IOUs add up to much more than I could ever hope to repay. But you know, the nicest thing about it all is that I know that she'll mark the entire bill paid in full for just one kiss and four little words. Mom, I love you. Today, Hello, everybody. This is Josh Price, and you are listening to the Mark Price for Three podcast. Each episode, my dad will be talking NBA basketball, sharing some coaching and instruction, and of course, talking about his faith. Without further delay, here's my dad, Mark Price. Welcome back to episode 29 of the Mark Price for Three podcast. We have a very special guest today, but very quickly, I hate to start on a somber note, but just a quick word here at the beginning to honor Nick Gilbert. The Cavs announced yesterday that Nick had passed. And, you know, for me as a fan, Nick represented a time when there was a lot of change in the organization and he was kind of that good luck charm. And so, you know, I know that hit the family, the Cavs family and fans pretty hard. Mark, any words on Nick? Yeah, obviously to the Gilbert family, our prayers and condolences. And, you know, I know the parents and we're talking about mothers today and in the pain of of parents when they lose a child. But, uh, you know, Nick fought his battle for 26 years. It was amazing. And it's sad, you know, when, you know, to hear the news of his passing. Yeah. So our thoughts and prayers are with the Gilbert family and really all the Cavs family, because it kind of feels like Nick was 
you know, a part of all of us. And so very sad to see that yesterday. So our prayers are with the Gilbert family. And I hate to transition out of that, but we have a very special guest today. And Mark, I'm going to let you do this introduction. So do you want to introduce our guest today? I would love to. We are doing a special edition today, obviously, with Mother's Day coming up next this coming Sunday. And, uh, you know, I've been very blessed in my life to to have some very amazing ladies in my life, a grandmother that prayed for me every day, and then my mom, Ann Price. I want to give a special shout out to her as Mother's Day comes up. She was an amazing and is an amazing woman, raised three boys. My father was a coach and was gone a lot and a lot fell on her plate, which my special guest will get into as well today. (laughs) But just wanted to wish my mom a very special happy Mother's Day. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it weren't for her. And so I just want to tell her how much I love her. So this is going to be a hard episode for me to get through, Aaron. I'm going to tell you, you know, like a very same. emotional, but uh, same. But my special guest today is my sweet wife, Laura Price. And I'm so happy that Laura agreed to come on. She wasn't too crazy about it at first, Aaron. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But uh, I think it's going to be really neat for, for our listeners to hear as we honor mothers today. She's a great mom to our four wonderful children and, uh, and, She's a great wife and, you know, telling her story and kind of what she had to deal with. She's put up with me for almost 37 years now, Aaron. And <laughs> and so I should have said she's raised five children instead That's of four. Right. She's still growing me up as well. But but anyway, I'd like to welcome my wife, Laura, to the program. Hi, thank you so much <laughs> for having me. Laura, this is an honor. It truly is an honor. And it is going to be an emotional episode. I'm a mama's boy. And so, you know, if I can get through this one too, that'll be tough. But what a true honor to have you on the podcast today. We're going to have a lot of fun. So let's just jump right in. We typically do basketball in the first segment. So we all know, Mark, in honor of Mother's Day coming up, we wanted to just take a moment and hear from you, Laura. We wanted to start off with a few questions that are really on everybody's mind. And let's just start at the very beginning. You and Mark both went to and attended Georgia Tech. Yes. (laughs) Why did you choose Georgia Tech? And did you ever imagine God's plan, you know, in your mind when you decided to go there? I grew up in Atlanta. And so I wanted to go to Georgia Tech to be an engineer. I was not going to Georgia Tech to meet my future husband. And but that is what (laughs) happened. So no, I had no idea how that would all unfold when I when I chose to go there. So you were staying home to go to college then? Yes, I lived on campus, but my parents lived about a half an hour north of Atlanta. So it's always been home. It, it's home. We're, it's home. We're Yellow Jackets. Not a little bit of Carolina? Just a little bit? We have no. a little bit of Carolina now. We, we're one-fourth Carolina now with our daughter. That's right. That's right. <laughs> were you a basketball fan before you met Mark? I was not a college basketball fan, and... My first date with Mark, he invited me to go to the big rivalry, University of Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Tech game and go out to dinner afterwards. So that was my first Georgia Tech basketball game. First time I'd ever seen Mark play and it didn't go great. We lost. So he, after the game, he, he thought he'd had a terrible game and I thought he looked great out there. So I think that was one thing he liked about me at first was I told him, you did so well out there. 
Yeah, that, that actually was one of my worst college games of my career, Aaron, that, that particular game. So when she said, I thought you looked great out there, I was like, this girl's a keeper right here. Tell him what Coach Crimmins said to you after the game. Oh, yeah, and Coach Crimmins, he told me I ought to maybe rethink dating this girl if she was going to make me play, play like that anymore. <laughs> I think you have a story about something your mom told Laura later. We'll have to get into yeah, later great, in the career. But, after uh, we got married, but we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later in the episode. That's right. So hang on if you're listening, because there's a great story there. And I don't want to move forward. We got a lot to get to. What were your memories of Mark being drafted? So you all are dating and then Mark gets drafted. What's your memories of Mark being drafted? When we were in Oklahoma with his family to watch the draft and I remember it getting to, I think there was like 24 in the first round and Mark's name never got called. And I remember him going up into his room by himself. He just got up and he thought, you know, I, I guess I'm not going to get drafted. And and then the announcers just said they added the 25th. The first pick of the second round would be Mark Price to the Dallas Mavericks. Right. And I, I remember Mark saying that he had just gone up to his room and he just prayed if one team would just take a chance on me, they they won't regret it. Mm. And then we all started celebrating and calling him, Mark, Mark, you got <laughs> the Mavericks chose you. Then did you get a phone call from Cleveland or your attorney? Well, I got my, my agent called me after I got drafted with Dallas. And, you know, my family was kind of excited because Dallas was the closest pro team to, to where we lived in Oklahoma. And so they thought, oh, this is going to be great if, you know, three hour ride or whatever to Dallas. And, and then my agent called and said, well, don't get too excited. I think you're going to get traded to Cleveland. <laughs> that leads well to my next question. Did you ever think you would live and raise a family or start your family, at least in Cleveland, Ohio? No, I did not. But I have to tell you, we love Cleveland. It's our, it's so our second good. home. We have so many memories, great memories there. I'm going to get emotional, <laughs> mm -hmm. but right. it was cold for sure. We weren't used to that. And I remember the snowplow trucks in the night and things that we don't deal with down here in Atlanta, but, yeah. but we loved it. Did you like Richfield or I guess then Gundarina better? <laughs> well, I think Mark only played one year down at Gundarina. So our okay. Richfield was our home and yeah. We actually had an apartment when we were first married in the Valley in Akron and then then moved to Hudson. So our our son is one of our sons is named That's Hudson. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I remember Mike Fratella was the coach of the Cavs when Hudson was born and he he asked Mark when Mark told him he named him Hudson, he said, Well it was a good thing you didn't you didn't live in Hackensack. <laughs> Well, that's great because I want to transition to family. Now, I'm glad you brought it up. You're a natural, Laura. You're, you're a natural for the podcast. <laughs> Let's transition to family now and just talk a little bit about that. I know we've talked about Mark and how you met and, you know, in this first segment, but what was it like being the wife of an NBA player? Let's go before children first. We had, we had so much fun. I don't, for those of you who don't remember, Mark's rookie year was, not great. Mm -hmm. He had an apodectomy halfway through, and that's when the Cavs brought in our good friend, Craig Elo. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so we're great friends with Janie and Craig still. And 
but his rookie year did not go well. So it was challenging, but we still just had so much fun setting up our new little apartment and making friends there in Cleveland. And so then, of course, the second year was was a lot better when he he was he won out the starting job. And so, but we we didn't expect that when Mark went into the NBA, we were just thinking if he could just make a team. We never dreamed he'd be starting. How was it supporting him in that time? For the moms out there, the wives out there, they're listening, or the husbands even, you had to support him in a time where the Cavs weren't great, but they were getting better. And so you had to be that supportive wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, And anyone listening has a job that they work at every day or whatever it might be because all of us are four-time NBA players. It's not necessarily what you signed up for when you went to Georgia Tech for an engineering degree. (laughs) So what was that like? Yeah. Well, I just tried to keep our home life a restful, nice place for him where he could come home and for kind of forget about everything and and relax and we could do fun things together and, and just support him in that way. I did not know a lot about basketball, so I wasn't like trying to coach him from home, but (laughs) so I think he liked that. But now I, now I do that to our children, (laughs) but, but we have a funny story about Mark's mom, who I just adore, who has been a great mother-in-law and I'm going to let Mark tell the story, but in our early years of marriage when he wasn't playing very well for a little stretch and he would come home and I would say, Oh, it's, it's okay. It's just a game. And, and, and his mom came to visit us and I'm gonna let Mark share that story. Yeah. Right. Right after we got married and we hadn't been married very long, you know, my folks came up to see a couple games and spend some time with us. And, you know, you'd asked about support and Laura has always been a great support but she didn't understand basketball necessarily or kind of the mindset that that you have to have to be, you know, successful on in a basketball arena and on the court. And my mom had grown up in that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all she knew. My dad had been a coach and a player and and you know, her whole life was around basketball and so, you know, I came home, I didn't have a particularly great game and I was a little and Laura kind of was being her, you know, great supportive self and you know saying oh don't worry about it it was just just one game and and it was like my mom just like jumped in and said Laura you cannot talk to him that way and and Laura was kind of shocked that we were all just you know my dad was standing there and he was looking at me and I was looking at him we're like oh boy here it comes and she goes you tell him to get out there and do better I mean, he's trying to earn a living. He's trying to make this team. You tell him to get out there. There ain't no feeling sorry around here. And so Laura got a little bit of taste of what it was like growing up in the Price household. There wasn't any, no one was feeling sorry for anybody. It was like, hey, you get out there and do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. I, 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 we give Ann Price all the credit for Mark's career. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, and I was going to say that, you know, so Laura, what was that like for you? Because I know, you know, we're, we're for those listening that have extended families and in-laws and all those kind of things, you know, you're always under that pressure of, you know, what they bring to the table and how somebody was raised. So that had to be a transition for you, you know, to all of a sudden be told, you got to tell him to toughen up, exactly. be better. Uh, how how was that for you? Exactly. I loved it. It was great. I needed that. I needed <laughs> to hear that. 
And so Denny and Ann were awesome and very supportive. And Mark would talk to his dad on the phone after almost every game. And so we had a great relationship and what a blessing that's been. That's awesome. And and obviously by his career, all the voices in his life, the most important people to him, they did well <laughs> because he did yeah. well. Aww. So let's go let's go now to when you started to build your family how did you manage everything when mark was you know on the road and away from the family well this since it's mother's day i thought i could honor a lot of women in our lives that god brought into our lives but mm-hmm. mark and i got involved at church in akron at the chapel in akron as soon as we moved there and it was wonderful. We made a lot of friends there. And we we had several families that just from the church that really took us in since we didn't have family in Cleveland. And they helped us mentor me with the children and helped us help me with the children. And we got to celebrate holidays with them. But there were several of the younger daughters that were like high school and early college age at the time that that helped to me with the kids because Mark was gone so much. And we had three pretty quick. We have four total, but three while we were in the NBA. And and it was a lot because he was on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. And so these these ladies and girls were such blessings to me. And now it's so fun to watch them be these awesome mothers that they are some several of them have children graduating this year and so it's just been so fun Crazy. to watch them after they helped me raise our children now they're raising their children so it, it I'm just so thankful to all the ladies from the area there in Cleveland Akron that that helped us and I want to thank them all and our church. Yeah. We'll get in the faith segment in a minute. And this is Mark, as you said, this is an emotional episode. I was a mama's boy and <laughs> will forever be. And I'm darn proud of it. My mom used to always say that God sends his angels. That's just, you know, one of the many phrases that Mama C used to say. But I do believe it's true. And it sounds like God sent his angels. And so we will get in the faith segment in a minute. But I do believe that, you know, plugging into a local church, you have access to mothers, grandmothers you know, strong women of faith that can get alongside you and really help. And in your case, you know, when your husband's on the road. Yes. Huge blessing. I'd like to jump in here real quick and just say (laughs) one of the uh, traits that Laura, that I loved about her, and there was a lot to love about Laura when we met, but that she was, she was very independent. I felt that that was important. She wasn't needy and I, you know, when you're an NBA player and you have so many responsibilities and you're having to travel, the last thing you need is to constantly be worrying, is your wife okay? You know, and right. I always knew Laura was, I just never had a doubt that mm. she was going to be okay because she just, she just is, she just does what needs to be done. And I never worried about my kids because I knew she was going to take care of them and, and, mm. and do a great job with that. And one of my favorite stories, it's not favorite in some ways because it was a hard time. It was when I got traded from Cleveland to Washington. You know, I played in Cleveland for nine years. It was really hard for us. I thought I'd play my whole career there, honestly, yeah. and finish my yeah. career. It didn't work out that way. And that's that's the NBA life, unfortunately. But we literally, it happened so fast that we sold our house like in one day in 
And, and then we were, I had to go up to Washington to, to get my physical and all the stuff to do that you have to do in a trade. It, and so we flew up to Washington. We had about six hours six, and then we were going to fly home six or seven hours. And I said, Laura, you got to go find us a house <laughs> six hours. And she did. <laughs> so by the time we got on the plane, we had a house under contract in Crofton, Maryland. And but that just goes to her character and I mean her ability and I mean talk about multitasking. I'm not a great multitasker. I'm single focus kind of guy, but Laura can juggle a lot and she gets it done. And so that's one of the things I've I've always loved about her. But that was amazing. We sold a house in one day, bought a house in six hours, and and she just got on it and she got it done. I have a feeling a lot of guys are driving in their car, walking their dog, listening to the treadmill, wherever people, this, this podcast lands, shaking their head and saying the same thing. <laughs> There's a reason why they say men are waffle and women are spaghetti because, you know, we can only handle like one thing at a time. So, and that's why honoring mothers on Mother's Day and our brides is important because if it was left to us, <laughs> Lord only knows where we'd be. So yes. <laughs> that's incredible that she was able to do all that, but not surprising based on my knowledge of lore. So moving cities, was it hard to find new schools? What was that process like when Mark got traded? Your whole world, as Mark said, in a very short window of time just changed. How did you handle that? Well, we were, our children were younger when Mark was playing in the NBA, which it wasn't until the end of his career where we were really having to focus on schools. But we, this, we would depend on whatever the realtor, the team would assign to us was always very helpful in giving mm-hmm. us ideas of for churches and schools. And then I would just, where whatever city we moved to, which thankfully we were in Cleveland nine years, and then we were in like three, three other cities after that. I would just, wherever we went, I would just start networking if I knew anyone in that town and start networking that way to find out about schools, ask what as many questions as I could. And so I, I definitely could figured out how to do the moving thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I imagine this is good and bad. You didn't have social media, which thank right. God you didn't have social media because, you know, it, it would probably be very hard for a spouse uh, because people are awful on social media, as we know. Mm-hmm. And if Mark had a bad game, you know, oh, the things that people oh, would say, yeah. that would be very difficult, uh, yeah. I would think, as a spouse. It was probably hard enough to read it in the papers or wherever, yes. you know, that media at the time. But you also didn't have social media where you could reach out on a Facebook or whatever platform and say, hey, we're moving to Washington. Yes. What are some great schools? That had to be very difficult. Yeah, it it was. It was, but God went before us wherever we went and it just, it just all worked out. And so I remember later in life when Mark was coaching in the NBA, when he got offered a job in Orlando and our kids had been pretty settled in Atlanta and they were getting older. Our girls were in college and our boys, one in high school, one in middle school. And I remember Josh saying, I'm not going. Mm. And, and Mark had said, you know, I won't take the job unless you, you want me to. And our oldest son, Hudson, went and visited the school in Orlando and liked it and said, okay. And, but Josh just said, I'm not going. I'm going to stay here with Grammy and Grandy. And so Mark <laughs> just said, well, okay, then, Josh, you can stay here with Grammy and Grandy. 
And it ended up as soon as Mark got down there and or started planning to get to go work for the magic, all of a sudden Josh was like, well, I guess I'll go. (laughs) And I was, and you know, he ended up making friends. I mean, it was an adjustment and I really feel for kids who move and, and a lot because it is hard. It is. So, but he ended up eventually making friends like it always happens. And I've made friends and it, it all worked out. And I go back to what Mark said earlier, I think creating a stable home which is, you know, what you were able to do, no matter where that pin in the map is, (laughs) you've created a stable home and raised great kids. I just attended a graduation for my son this weekend for, from college. We're in that season right now. My youngest is graduating from high school. So we went through some recruiting stuff with my son and my daughter. As you were in the NBA life and you've raised athletes, how was that process transitioning from this seems weird to say, but an NBA wife, which seems not honoring, but mm-hmm. uh, an NBA wife to the mom of four children. And Mark, you can weigh in here too. the recruiting process and sports. And, you know, most of the people listening are probably spending their weekends at a travel or AAU or a soccer tournament. What was that like for you all to transition from the NBA life to being that parent? <laughs> well, I think the first thing is, And some of it's good, some of it's bad. I mean, it's something that you can debate. (laughs) A lot of people debate, but you become a lot more children focused, I guess. You know, when I was playing, obviously there was a lot of focus on what I had to do for for my job and and to be successful as an NBA player. And then as our kids got older and I, I wasn't playing anymore, although I was still coaching and things like that, you know, you be come real focused on your children, obviously want them to get a good education and, and whatever interest they have, trying to allow them the opportunity to have have success if if they're willing to put the time in and do it. And yeah, it was crazy because there was times when we had three of them in high school or middle school and they were all playing travel ball of some sort. You know, we, yeah. our oldest daughter was travel volleyball. Our you know second daughter was tennis. You know, Hudson was playing basketball. There was literally times on a on on certain weekends that we had three kids in three different states, yeah, <laughs> and there's only right. there's only two of us. And obviously, yeah. Laura's parents helped us a tremendous amount during that time. Of you know, you you take that one, I got this one, and you know, mm-hmm. split yeah. splitting it up. But but yeah, it's it's a lot. And I remember because especially our sec our second, you know, was a top ten tennis player in the country, and. We eventually had to homeschool her because of the tennis schedule didn't allow to to have a normal school schedule. So Laura became, you know, coach, travel agent, you know, tutor, coordinator for school. I mean, it was amazing. A lot of times Laura was driving in the car with Caroline in the back seat with a tutor in the back seat with her, <laughs> wow. you know, wow. going from one event to the other, just trying to basically trying to survive, you know, and get your kids through school and doing the things that, that they were wanting to do. And, and, you know, that was a, un, unusually, you know, when you have one that's playing at that, that high level, but all the kids were involved in their own things. And, and it, uh, you know how it is parents, you're just on the go, you know, all the time trying to that's keep right. up with it all. Uh-huh. That's right. One thing Mark and I did also talking about just parenting is we we tried to let all of our children follow their passions. Mm-hmm. And our oldest daughter was more of an academic. 
And she got mad at us because we told her she still had to play some sports because she wanted mm-hmm. to read books all mm-hmm. day, every day. And we said, you, you need to play some sports in, in high school to be a part of the school and everything. <laughs> yeah, but we, yeah. we wanted them to love it. If they wanted to choose sports, we wanted them to love it. They tried a lot of different things and found what they loved. We didn't want to live our lives through them. Yeah. And I think that's that's really hard as parents to do not to do that. So so we tried not to. I'm sure we still did at times, mm-hmm. but we wanted them each to know that this, they didn't have to do this. The boys didn't have to play basketball. Yeah. They chose to. So but I know there's a lot of outside pressure, I think, for professional athletes, children, especially the boys. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Bronny the son of LeBron James, I mean, obviously yeah. committed just over the weekend. And, and mm-hmm. I can't imagine the pressure. Mark and I have talked about that with Brent on a previous episode, the pressure, unfair pressure that's on the children of a an NBA all-star or even NBA player. Just the name is very, very difficult for the children to live up to as it is. Yes. And they've got to be yeah. able to be kids. Yeah. And yeah. they, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on them. There's a ton of pressure yeah. and even more so today, probably than maybe when we were, we all were growing up, but yes. uh, I want to transition quickly to our faith segment. Mark shared his testimony. Most people know Mark because of his faith, which is a mark of his testimony, uh, no pun intended, but mm-hmm. I wanted to share your story. If you don't mind a little bit, what was your faith journey? Well, when I was in high school, my aunt became a Christian and I had, I had always attended church every week. Our family always went to church. And, and so when my aunt became a Christian and started talking about Jesus, we were all like, what has gotten into her? Why does she talk about Jesus all the time? And so right before I went off to college at Tech, she had shared her testimony with me of how she'd put her faith in in Christ and asked me if I wanted to. And, and I said, well, don't worry about me. I, I'm totally fine. I, I, I believe. And, and so, you know, she said, well, okay. And, and we, you know, I went off to Georgia tech and I was just surrounded by Christians at tech. It was like the Lord had a plan and he made it like very clear. He brought people into my life immediately from sorority sisters, brought Mark into my life and then a campus ministry called now called Crew, back then was called Campus Crusade. The lady mm-hmm. with them started asking me if I wanted to have lunch and meet with her, and and so I, I has I saw something different in these in Mark and in my aunt and these friends that it was like it was personal. Their relationship with Christ was personal. It wasn't just something they did on Sundays. It was really a priority. It was really real. It was like an everyday personal thing. And I wanted it. I, I got very interested. And so the Lord just opened my eyes. And so I remember one night I was in my dorm room and I had started attending church with Mark and I had started attending Bible studies. And I was in my dorm room alone, just starting to read the Bible because I'd never really read the Bible before except in church and reading the Bible alone. And it was like God just showed me you know, you're a sinner. You you, mm. you you are a sinner and you need a savior. And and I, I put my faith in Jesus there alone in, in my dorm room. It all finally started making sense to me. Mm-hmm. 
And so I remember I went to Bible study that week and, and I shared with the group that I put my faith in Jesus and, and went and told Mark. And of course he was so happy because Mm -hmm. he had been sharing with me, but he had figured out that I I was a little bit clueless, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I just remember just thinking, you know, I'm forgiven and and just thinking that that Jesus came to this earth to die on a cross for me mm-hmm. and it was personal and so and then to think I was forgiven for all my sins mm-hmm. past present and future just blew mm-hmm. me away and so one, one of my favorite verses then was second corinthians 5:17 any man who's in Christ is a new creation the old mm-hmm. things passed away behold new things have come and that was like my verse. So yeah. I just loved it. And and Mark and I had a little time together, like about a year and a half there together at Tech before he got drafted after I became a Christian. And we we started dating seriously. And I remember after he he was drafted, he was in Oklahoma and I'd been with him. And then I flew back to Atlanta to go to summer school. And I remember thinking, you know, he's going to Cleveland and I, we're not engaged wow. and he's going to meet someone up there and this is going to be over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I remember the Lord just made it really clear to me that I was to seek him first. Mm-hmm. That verse in Matthew that says, seek, seek me first and all mm-hmm. and all these things will be added. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to seek him first. And so I just really had to start my faith walk without Mark there. So it was kind of like God, I needed that time for God to show me, you know, this is personal and this is you with or without Mark. Mm. So that I think that was probably a good test for me. And then later on that summer, he flew back to Atlanta with an engagement ring. (laughs) <laughs> and asked me to marry him. So <laughs> yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that. My daughter is doing the long distance relationship thing now with someone in Iowa, and then my youngest is going to go to Liberty next year. And oh, great. Uh, she she has a boyfriend that she loves very much here in Columbus, Ohio, and that's seven hours away. So uh, I have two children, and it's hard as parents for those listening as well. It's hard advising them on their dating journey and they're, they're one person. So that's great wisdom, yes. I think, is to seek him first. Yes. Um, seek him first, you know, that's right. and, and then God's going to direct the rest of it for you. That's great wisdom that I'm going to share with my daughters as soon as we can. <laughs> well, he has a great plan and we just have to trust him. We do. It's hard <laughs> though, when they're, when they're young and there's so many influences, yeah. how did your faith help you in the MBA years? Well, I, I remember, like I said, we got plugged into church, into a church. And I remember in Hudson getting plugged into a ladies Bible study when I was there. And these incredible women just poured into us. And I was just, it was just such a special time to really grow and get in the word. I I, I, I felt like just, you know, being in the word sustained me and helped me keep my focus and priorities right. And Mark has shared a lot about, you know, it's a roller coaster with wins and losses. And yeah. and when you're in pro sports or any sports, you can start putting all your identity and happiness in whether you're winning or losing. And, and it's hard when you're losing. 
So we, we felt like it was our faith that really helped us even that out and even out the highs and lows. And it was just a steady, constant for us to be able uh, just depend on the Lord and trust Him with the highs and lows. And, and mm. so, yeah, that's. Yeah, it was no, no doubt. It was, it was our rock, you know, yeah. during a turbulent. I mean, and it is. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, it's either a good day or a terrible day. I mean, as you know, in sports, it just is. It's either a really, really good day or it's a really bad day. And there's no in between. And so, you know, just to know that, yeah, that was my job. And, yeah, you had to deal with it. And there was no way of getting around the emotions of it. I mean, I don't care how strong a believer or whatever, when you, when you lose a game, you feel bad. <laughs> you just, <laughs> yeah. you just do. But to, yeah. to be able to step back from that and be reminded that, you know, God's in control, God's sovereign. We can trust him. We can trust his plan and all right, let's get back up and let's go back out and do it again tomorrow. And let's do it for, <laughs> do it for his glory in the good times in the bad times mm-hmm. in the wins and the losses Mm-hmm. God, we will always give you the glory. And that, that, mm-hmm. that mindset just really helped us through the years, through the, through the roller coaster, as Laura said. <laughs> well, this has been awesome. I have two more questions for you both, really. The first one is, what's the best advice you have for young parents, young couples, or a young mom, maybe doing this solo? <laughs> what's the best advice you have from a faith perspective for them? Well, I think the first uh, first bit of advice is to, you know, ground them as best you can in the Word of God. You know, make that a part of their life. That that was why it was so important for us. No matter where we were, we always found a church, a Bible believing church, and we got involved because we wanted our kids to be in be in church. It's just we really feel that that's important. And that's why even in a lot of ways to keep that family structure together as well, like even though it was hard moving around to different cities, we never made the choice that, okay, y'all are going to stay here in Hudson and I'm going to go play in Washington and then come. I mean, that was never even a thought for us because it was like, we're a family and we stay together as a family. And so that was I think just important that you set those boundaries and those principles early on that we're together. We're for you. No matter what's happening, we're a family. We're going to make God the priority of our family. Mm. And then we're going to take care of each other. Wow. Now I would say just pray prayer, Mm -hmm. pray for them and seek wisdom from above constantly. Um, Stay in the word yourself every day and pour, pour into them, love on them, have a lot of fun, make a lot of fun, have a lot of fun family memories and just pour the word into them. You cannot count on someone else doing it for you. Like if you're, if you're a Christian and you're sending your children to church or, or to Christian school, you can't count that they're getting it there. You have to make sure they're getting it. And so we had family wow. Bible studies. We had Bible studies with their friends. We, we did everything they could to make sure we weren't just passing it off to someone else. And, and we, we are so thankful and we prayed for them to all have mentors. And we are so thankful for so many incredible mentors God brought into our children's lives. 
And so that too is super important because they want, we need them to hear it from other people besides us. (laughs) But but you have to make sure that, that they're getting it. So Mm -hmm. we talk about it a lot. We try to talk about it. We still do. Josh just came home and I told him I wanted to discuss the the sermon we had yesterday with him. (laughs) He's 24. I give 99% of the, any good that's in my kids, it's my wife. Uh, I mean that genuinely. I really, I say it all the time. And I remember when they were younger, she was teaching them about putting on the sword of the spirit and the shield and the armor of God. And I came home and my son had a Bob the Builder helmet on and a (laughs) Batman cape. And a, a Star Wars lightsaber and a cookie sheet for there a shield. <laughs> we have a picture somewhere of it. I'll have to send it to you. But, you know, she was teaching them and she wrote on their hearts early and often. Um, and I know Mark and I are 80s Christian music fans. My mom would constantly pray over the song Somewhere in the World by Wayne Watson. And she would speak that into existence. And I'm, I have a bride today because somewhere in the world, Jesus was raising up a wife that was, you know, suitable and would know all my needs. And there's a lot of them. So I was very fortunate to have a a beautiful bride. And so I want to brag on her for a second. Okay. Last question for you. What advice would you give to your younger self? You know, growing up, Mark, his faith was strong yours in college, what advice would you give to your younger faith self? I think for me, I'm so single-minded and focused and you have to be, I probably couldn't have achieved some of the things that I achieved on the basketball court if I hadn't have had that mindset. Right. But at the same time, I look back and I think sometimes it would have been nice to have enjoyed the ride a little bit more, you know, appreciate the process. Um, cause I was always just focused on the end product, you know, right. and that's just kind of how I'm built and it helped me do what I had to do and overcome some things, some things that I had to overcome to be successful. And I know God was involved in all that, but, but yeah, sometimes I look back and think, you know, I probably could have had a little bit more fun here and there <laughs> in yeah. my life. And, and that was the one thing I loved about Laura, that, that God brought her in my life because Laura just, she just loves life. She, she, you know, has a good time no matter what we're doing. And, and she just really brought that into my life and I needed that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, God knew I needed that and, and brought Laura into my life. I think for a lot of those reasons, because we've had a lot of fun together Mm -hmm. over the years. Yes, we have. (laughs) <laughs> How about you, Laura? What would you tell your younger self? Oh, probably trust more, trust the Lord more, mm-hmm. uh, trust his plan. He has a good plan and just rest in that and be more patient. So I, a lot, a lot I would like to do differently and change, but probably just that, just trust he's faithful. Mm. And and he has a great plan for us. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you all are living that testimony today. And so I'll close by just saying as a fan, you know, everyone talks about Mark. Obviously, Mark's achievements are so well known. But I do think growing up watching Mark, and I've shared it before about how much I just, he was my hero and is still to this day. But, you know, I also saw past Mark to you. 
Laura, and to your family. And so when you see Mark, you see your family. And I think that's so important in today's NBA that you don't see that a lot. And so it should be celebrated and honored. And it was an honor for me today to just have you both on on Mark's podcast, but uh, but to just listen to your hearts and your faith journey and your your love story, so to speak, not to be mushy, but, you know, it's important that is celebrated regardless of the NBA in today's society. It needs to be celebrated and honored. And so anyone listening, hopefully you're going to honor your bride and your wife this week, you know, this weekend coming up on Mother's Day. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron, for for having me and for sharing some of your story. I can't wait to to meet your wife. She sounds wonderful. And I I know Mark has just enjoyed your friendship so much. And so thank you for having me today. It's been it's been really fun. It's made this episode very special, obviously, for me. But I think, like you said, Aaron, it just gives people a little bit of a glimpse. You know, so much focus is on the, you know, when you're an NBA player, the focus on the athlete and all what they have to do. But I, I can guarantee you, I mean, 100%, none of it gets done without, you know, the spouse behind the scenes that's doing the dirty, doing the dirty work, so to speak, you know, right. and, yeah. you know, and, and they deserve, deserve all the credit because, I mean, all the way to, I mean, making the kids be quiet while I had to take a nap. I mean, can you imagine you had three little ones and she had to make sure they were quiet. So daddy could have his nap on game day and, and <laughs> cooking my spaghetti before, you know, pregame meals so that I had the energy yeah. to go out and do what I do is she took really good care of me and I couldn't have done what I did without her. And so Laura, I love you. And I thank you for, for coming on and hope you have a wonderful mother's day thank you. and to all the mothers out there. Just know how much we appreciate you. You are a gift from God, and we hope you have a blessed and happy Mother's Day. I can't think of any better way to close it than to say, for Laura, for Mark, I'm Aaron. This has been Episode 29, and we will talk to you all again soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mark Price for Three podcast. Remember to subscribe, like, review, and share. I'm Josh Price, and we will talk to you again on the next episode. You don't have to go very far looking for bad news because somehow it just finds you. 
So finding peace in the chaos can be really difficult, but it doesn't have to be because the River mobile app exists. The River is a Christian music radio station dedicated to playing music to help you get through life's toughest moments or life's happiest moments and everywhere in between. And all from artists who love Jesus and are real people just like you. Listening is easy. You can download it wherever you get apps from. Just search 1049 The River or listen online at riverradio.com. 